Hello, and welcome to Marriage Unchained, the art of one flesh, where saving marriages, saving families, and saving souls is the flavor of the day. Now, let's join our host and author of Marriage Unchained, Catholic Alpha Radical, Jerry Jacobs Jr. Welcome to Catholic Alpha Radical Live, where I help you fix your Catholic marriage. I've coached and helped hundreds of men in their marriages, and now I want to help you. Call 313-RADICAL now. That's area code 313-RADICAL. And ask me anything on tough marital issues, such as what to do when she's asked for divorce. What to do when you have a mutual agreement of separation, but you didn't want it. What to do when your wife is cold and distant. What to do when your wife is having an affair. What to do when your marriage is bad, boring, lukewarm, and passionless. What to do when you engage in a mental embrace less than once a month. What to do when you sleep in separate bedrooms. What to do when she has left the home with or without the children. What to do when you're divorced but didn't want it. Call 313-RADICAL. That's area code 313-723-4225. That's area code 313-723-4225. Again, call 313-RADICAL right now for answers to intimacy problems, communication problems, prayer and spiritual warfare problems, authentic masculinity problems, a.k.a. how to man up. So... Sit back, relax, take a chill pill, and get ready to rock. But don't duck. Can you feel it? Catholic Alpha Radical coming at you now. Hello and welcome to Catholic Alpha Radical, where my main mission is to keep you out of divorce court. And we're marriage unchained. The art of one flesh, divorce, combat, coaching is the flavor of the day. So today we are on the Save My Catholic Marriage Minute, and we are trying to understand what it takes to create a great marriage. Uh, It looks like my camera is acting up, and it is kind of kind of foggy oh man anyway guess what it's friday we got to deal with it (laughs) anyway so let's do this let's do this let's do this so what is this segment for this segment is for you if your marriage has no emotional closeness uh your wife has asked for divorce or separation you have left, she has left the home, or you are actually separated. Uh, you're in separate bedrooms. Your marriage is boring and has no passion. You guys really don't care if you're around each other or not. You engage in the marital embrace less than once a week or uh, more severe once a month. Um, and this is also for you if you were divorced and you didn't want it. A lot of people, you know, people will be surprised to know how many men don't want a divorce and their wife is acting crazy and she does. Usually you would think watching movies and in the past that it's all the men want to divorce. Nope. Nowadays, women account for 68 to 70% of all divorce filings. 
So this is one of the reasons why I try to get everybody to understand, men to understand that 70% is a lot. Basically, only 30% of men are filing for divorces and 70% of women are. It's terrible. It's terrible. That just means that we all have a long, long way to go. So in this 69th episode, though, I got some good news for you. We're going to cover Clue 31, and it's a doozy. Um, plus, I'm going to take your live calls, and please get in the queue. Get in the queue. Um, I've helped many of men uh, in their marriages and women, and I really enjoy doing this. So give me a chance to help you. Whatever kind of question you have, it could be infidelity questions. It could be sexual questions. It could be um, communication questions. Um, it could be uh, how to be, you know, what kind of man is God expecting me to be? What am I here for? What is my purpose on this life? You know, we can just have a discussion. It ain't got to be a question. You know, a lot of times when people call, we just have a discussion. It's, and that's good, too. We're just going back and forth and talking to each other. So that is what I love to do. Um, so get in that queue. Call 313-RADICAL. That's 313-723-4225. Or call using your browser at callinstudio.com slash radical1. Don't wait. Do it now. I've got to get off here early today. <laughs> so, and I'm not joking. I got a, I got a, uh, something that I really have to do uh, by 11 o'clock. So, so get in that queue so we can get some resolution for your marriage confusion. Quote of the day. Quote, it takes three to make love in heaven, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It takes three for heaven to make love to earth, God, man, and Mary, through whom God became man. It takes three to make love in the Holy Family, Mary and Joseph, and the consummation of their love, Jesus. It takes three to make love in hearts, the lover, the beloved, and love. End quote. Archbishop Fulk J. Sheen, book three, To Get Married. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me to help you in yours. Get live Catholic marriage help. Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern, for some resolution to your marriage confusion. All right, all right, we are back. We are back. So let's get into it, shall we? Let's get into it. So, what are the behaviors of a troubled wife? Moreover, what are the clues your wife displays when she is unhappy and is considering or planning to leave your marriage? And a more important question to ask is why? We always talk about the why. We never just make statements. We always talk about the why. And the why is, um, do you know? That's the most important question. Do you even care that your wife is considering leaving? She's unhappy, unfulfilled. 
Do we all just continue to think about ourselves? That is the key. That's the key to this whole thing. What do we think as men? What are we doing? You know, the perception of what is going on. I remember when I was in my 30s. I mean, when I was 18, when I hit 18 to 20 to 30, man, perception of, of life, looking back, it was just so weird. I mean, you really don't even know, really realize what's happening. It goes by so fast. Then when you get in your 30s, things are fast too. It's like stuff happens and you don't even really understand what's going on because it's happening so fast. Like right now, thinking back to my 30s, man, it, it's, it's weird that it's like it was a dream or something. But in my 40s, boy, life started to hit me in the butt for real. <laughs> so uh, in my 30s, too, but like I said, 40s, I became more aware uh, of what's going on. And that is how kind of how I've been since then. But my 20s and 30s, man, and probably yours, too, you know, especially if you're in your 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s and stuff, that stuff seems like a dream. You know, all the stuff you did, every all the places you went, all the stuff that happened to you. You know, all that stuff, man, it's just, it's just like, you know, it was like the twilight zone or something. Um, they go, those, those two decades go by real fast, real, real fast. Um, and then we, well, we, then we start to wake up. <laughs> so those of us listening who think that our wife will never leave, we're in a dream world. Like you heard me say, 70% of women file for divorces these days. 70% man of the divorces filed, not 70% of women. 70% of divorces filed in the country are filed by women. And somebody got mad at me last week or the week before when I said thanks to Ronald Reagan. You thank Ronald Reagan for that. It's, I don't know why he got mad at me. I really don't. He got mad at me because I said Ronald Reagan was responsible for no-fault divorce. He was. The first no-fault divorce bill was signed in like 1969. And it was, guess what? California, the liberal capital of the world. I mean, I don't understand why the dude got mad. But you know what? It don't care. The first response to tr a truth is always anger. <laughs> so that's how I look at it. But yeah, you know, that's what happened. Uh, Ronald Reagan signed the first. Before that, you know, another you got to understand. It's so many people in California and so many people in New York and God is nowhere in them two states. But with things happen there, it kind of trickles across the, across the country. That's why people love small towns. People who live in small towns. They don't want to like, like people live in small towns. They, people with always these big city egomaniacs always look down on small towns. That's because they never lived in one. Man, I'm telling you, small towns are the best. I if 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 they had inter better internet, that's where I'd be. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm sick of the big city. I live in Indianapolis. It's like the 13th or 14th biggest city in the country, over a million people. Um, and I, I I just I don't like it. I don't. I'm tired of it. Um, when I was in the military, the first small town I lived in was Clovis, New Mexico. I loved it. I couldn't believe how great that was. Most people were friendly. Now, think about small towns. It's like they they trip on you until they get to know you. Because, well, think about it. You know, if your son married this hippie from San Francisco, California, 
and you bought her home and told your told your conservative parents or your parents that that are into Christ into the faith and they value their you know value their family and you bring this strange person home you know they're not going to just oh you you're so I'm so glad you're here no the family's going to be a little bit what a little bit curious a little bit apprehensive at first until what they get to see that you are going to contribute to the family and that's kind of how small towns are you know and then, and you can say a small town is anywhere from you know what a hundred people to you know what five thousand ten thousand whatever you know but the thing about it is is man once they get to know you man it's like a family it's like you know they have they problem they fight with each other just like big city people do but it's different um it's it's wholesome it's it's you're out in the country you know you, the breeze is blowing you're relaxed and and if you're a person like me that works from home that is like a true blessing you know like when i was in um clovis station in new mexico you know the thing was everybody was it was lubbock it was albuquerque you know those are the big city Amarillo, you know and my thing is always being i wish i could live in a small town so that I could just, I like to go visit big cities when I want to, like when I want to go out to a fancy restaurant or when I want to go to um, to a, a, a nice, a beautiful bed and breakfast or a grand hotel, or I want to go on vacation and go on a cruise. Then I go to the big city, but my normal day-to-day life, I would like to be like my, like my brother-in-law and his wife. <laughs> they, I love how they are in a, they're out there. <laughs> they out there, dude. Number cornfields around them. They love it. And I love it for them. Okay. So anyway, you know, um, our wives, they can leave us. And if right now the answer to the questions are, you know, are you and your wife as emotionally close as you could be? Um, is no or I'm not sure, then you have you've entered the exit strategy, the wife's exit strategy. You know, please understand that this is your future. You know, the nagging, the moving out, the another man, the bedroom, the uh, asking for a divorce, asking for a separation, you know, getting a divorce. You know, that's why Ronald Reagan, he he caused a lot of this, uh, you know, him and his, his cabinet or whatever, because they signed the first no-fault divorce thing in the country. And the country, it, it I think it doubled or tripled in that year. So it was like 600 like there was like 500,000 divorces or something like that. And that next year it was like a million. And then it has risen ever since. So this lets you know that Satan has done what he's planned to do to destroy the family. He's trying his best, but me and you, and you sharing this podcast, you get your marriage together, your family together. Guess what? You stop Satan. You stop all that stuff. Okay. So, why um the reason um the reason lack of emotional connection is important is because for her this is the most important thing even above god her children her duty as a wife remember women they don't have babies for themselves they have babies for their husband that's why men's and men's babies have been killed since 1972 in abortions and people don't like to talk about that but it's the truth Women go kill their babies because their boyfriend, they feel their boyfriend is not who she thought he was, but mainly because he don't love her. 
So she goes, well, what am I going to be have this this weight on my shoulders for 18 years if he don't love me? So and then my oh then everybody starts saying, oh girl, your life you're gonna lose your you know your life this your life that you deserve to be happy. You, well, what you deserve to do is keep your legs closed, and then you don't have to even worry about it. You know, it's strange how it's always crazy weird how God knows what He's doing. <laughs> you keep your legs closed. First of all, if you keep your legs closed as a woman, men will marry you a lot faster. If you if a man really likes you. He will start to love you, and then in six months, he'll be asking you to marry him. But no, as soon as you open your legs and give your gift away, what will happen is he gets complacent, like your husband is now. Hey, she's going out and doing everything. She takes care of the kids. She does all the cleaning. She goes to work. She does all the cooking. She gives me sex every now and then, once or twice a month. Maybe not that, but maybe whatever. I'm fine. I get to go to my man cave. She don't want me to ask me to do nothing. Matter of fact, if I'm shacking up, heck, I'm using her car. She's paying all the bills. She pays the rent. And I still get all that, 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 that benefit. That's how men are. That's how we are. If women don't make us be a man, that's what we're going to do. We're going to just hang out. Um, and I'm sorry. It's the truth. I'm very sorry. So we people, you know, they try to blame women for giving for having abortions, but it's just not the woman's fault. Men don't understand our power. That's the problem. We don't understand our power as men, what God has given us, and the influence that we have over women. I was listening, we were listening in a group last night, and this week we were listening to uh, a video by Father Ripperker on feminism and the natural order and how that affects women, how feminism has destroyed women. And it's sad. It's sad, man. The power men have over women is crazy. This is why you hear me always say, before a woman opens her legs, she has all the power, all of it. Once she opens her legs, the man has now taken over her. Now, they can deny it all they want, but if women, if you have to listen to me and you think back of all the guys you slept with, I don't care if it's one or 200, you'll see that before when he was trying to get in your pants, he did anything you wanted and did it. And, and, but, but then after that, all of a sudden, he just becomes like lazy after the first year or six months. This is why St. Alphonse Gory, who is the, uh, the, 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 uh, the doctor of the church, um, is the moral doctor of the church, you know, he says that if you're a woman and you're dating a dude and he ain't asked you to marry him within six months, you need to move on. You need to move on, ladies, and get you another man. Why? Because he ain't trying to do nothing. He's trying to waste your time. That's all he's doing. And... Dudes came with this, oh, I love her so much. I love her so much. I yeah, especially these young boys. Yeah, you live with her. You use up her body. You use up her beauty. She can't have no kids no more. You used up her opportunity to have kids because you got her on birth control and, and contraception and stuff, wanting her to take the pill and everything because, you know, we're just not ready to have kids yet. Well, you ain't ready to be married then. You're not ready to have an adult relationship. If you're not ready to have children, you're not ready to have an adult relationship. Why? Because the purpose you are here as a human being, as a man of God, as a man, period, is to have children. Why? To send them back to God in the beatific vision to get those souls and prepare them to go to God. 
not to sit around and be selfish and play golf for the next 100 years. That's not what you are here as a man for. And when you take a woman as a man and you live with her and you don't marry her, you don't love you don't love her. You really don't. You love yourself. Because if you, I'm telling you right now, what you, what men do to women when they sleep with them and they're not married to them. You know why I can say it? Because I did it too. Because I didn't know. I didn't know that the power that I have as a man, and it's 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 very, very, it's it's uh, it's sad, man. It's really sad. It really is. All these guys, these women, because listen, no woman, no woman sleeps with a man that she don't, unless she's disordered now, unless she's, you know, a hooker or something. But no man, no woman sleeps with a man that she believes we ain't going to get married eventually. Now, we might not get married today or tomorrow or next year, but eventually we get married. I see potential in you, and I think that you'd be a good father, a good husband, and I love you. And these women that tell you, well, I just want to have fun, too. I just want to, I don't really want to, you know, like all these feminists. That's, that's their main thing. Uh, yeah, women, feminists, you think, you, I call them, being uh, Rush Limbaugh, you know, I got, I got the saying from him, it's called feminazis. So feminazis, they all try to act tough. They all try to act like, like, like they're a man. They all dress like men. They cut their hair down to below their necks. Um, and they try to, in, in, in bed, they try to act like they're a man. But men don't really respect women. We really don't. If you're not trying to act like a woman, we don't really respect you. No, we play the game. Men will play the game with you. They'll act like they're following you. Like these little dudes that walk around that, these, that are these, men, these women assistants. You know, and them, them them dudes don't really respect their boss. They really don't. They really don't because she's trying to be a man. Men respect femininity and women respect masculinity. Why? Because that's how the Lord set it up. And we try to go against that crap. And so we've got to understand, man, what this world is really about. That's why women kill their babies, because men don't understand their power. And they go and, 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 and have sex with the women. The women get, get bonded to them and attached to them. And it's hard for them to leave now. Men know that. Men know, we don't like think about it consciously, but subconsciously we know that. We know that once we sleep with a woman and she enjoys making love with us, it's hard for her to leave now. Even though she tries to be all tough and stuff. Even the most hardcore feminist, if the right man or the hard, most hardcore lesbian, if the right man comes along, guess what? I ain't gay no more. I ain't gay no more. That's how it works, man. If you do, that's why I try to teach you men how women really are and how they think. And once you know how they think and what they need to be to be fulfilled as a true woman, man, then you can you can please them. You can you can really care about them and love them. You know. But you you got to understand that you've got to suffer and sacrifice first to get the knowledge and to get and get into prayer and things like that and be a man of God so that you don't misuse the power that I'm teaching you that you have. Okay, believe it or not, man, that's the world. That's how this works. God set it up that way. It ain't no changing it. Okay. So with these clues, that's why it's important that you understand that these clues I'm going over and we are down. Well, this is 31, so 31, 32. So we got 30 after the day. There'll be two left. It'll be Monday and Tuesday. And these last, like I said yesterday, these last four or five clues are very um, important to the survival of your marriage. If you're in marriage crisis, it'll help you get out of it. If you're not in marriage crisis, it'll help you make your marriage better. 
So, you know, let's try our best to, to hone in on what I'm saying, you know, and I know I went off on some things there for a minute, but man, the thing about it is, man, when you love God and you really try your best to be obedient, because that's what true love of God is, obedience, all of a sudden, man, you start seeing the world and a lot of a lot of Orthodox Catholics will tell you this. They will. You start seeing the world for what it truly is, and it is painful. God shows you what the world is really like, and it's painful. It's painful. And matter of fact, if you if he doesn't show you, he has you seeking it. Like he has you seeking it. The more you move with more, the more you move toward God, the more you see the way the universe really works. And it's painful because you start to see all the bad in people. You start to see all the mistakes in people. You start to see a lot more that you didn't see before. And this is why God, one of the re- I don't know the total reason why God does that, but I know one of the reasons is, is so that you will, that you will adopt humility, that you, that you would adapt, uh, you adopt uh, a sympathy, a sympathy and em- empathy for like a lot of, you know, I don't, I don't participate in the, the traditional Catholic movement thing. I think it's a bunch of bull. I'm an Orthodox Catholic, which means what? I I love God. I love Christ. I love the church. Like uh, it. Like I I I I believe it is what it is. That's why I don't get. I don't trip out over annulments no more. How they hand them out over candy. You know why? Well, the church. Whatever you lose on heaven, in heaven and earth is loose in heaven. It is what it is. Get over it. Just like Vatican II. People. I don't really care for Vatican II. But I don't even care anymore. You know why? Because it is what it is. It is what it is. It happened. It's time to get over it. And the best way to fight injustice, if you feel that that's what that is, is to fight in the church and 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 try to get people over to your side by being meek, humble, patient, sympathetic, empathetic, and then people will will come over to your side. Traditional Catholics, the problem with them is they have forgotten what they were like a year ago, or five years ago, or twenty years ago, or thirty years ago. You know, they have this weird judgment of all that is pure Catholic and pure the faith, and they have forgotten what it, what they used to be. Like me, when I first became Catholic and I started getting all this knowledge and about God and everything and, and the church and, and, and our Lord Jesus Christ, the saints, the angels, the demons, Satan, the I mean, all of that stuff. And I started, and I would come out in the society and go to church and be in that world. And I'd be like, man, these people are clueless. And so I would get mad and I would get mad at Protestants. I would get mad at If you weren't Catholic, I'd get mad at you. I would, I wouldn't be like angry. I'd be frustrated, you know, and I'd be like trying to like, look, don't you see, you see this. Don't you see, don't you see? But man, one thing I noticed is you, you, you have to look at people if they're not where you at, you have to look at where they can be. So that means what? As a traditional Catholic, a man has to look at himself and a woman has to look at themselves and go, you know what? That's where I was 30 years ago or there where I was five years ago. You know, I really have to be patient with them and lead them along and guide them. That's why you hear me say Orthodox Catholics or I might say an Orthodox Christian because those kind of people, they understand humility, patience, and meekness, which means I have empathy for those who are not in their faith as deep or as long or as understanding of the faith as I do. 
And people don't understand that, man. And it, it, it's, it's bad. It's, it's bad. And that's one of the reasons the Pope gave for getting rid of the Latin mass. Because he said the traditional, now I know this kind of, kind of like shady, but it is what it is. You know, but the thing about it is, is he came up with a reason that was kind of valid. It's not completely valid, but it's kind of valid if you think about it, right? You know, there are two masses, the Latin mass and the, and the, and the Norris Order, the English mass, for 1,500 years. Now it was more than that for, over, for now, you know, over 2,000 years, there's been the Latin mass. And then they bring in this Norris Ordo mass, the English mass, for the last 50 or 60 years, 70 years, or whatever it is now. And so you have two masses. And there was kind of like a battle over it. And so the traditional, they, he, he was saying that the traditional Catholics were dogging out him, dogging out the English mass, dogging out the church. They're, they, you know, and he used that to trap them. He used it. To, he used he used that to trap us, and so then when the when the battle got worse, he just said, "Well, look, one mass, the English mass is is said in over almost all not all hundred percent of the churches in the in the world, but the Latin mass is only said in maybe ten percent of all those churches in the world. Not not you know, not to you know, he's only he's only he's discounting." That for two thousand years, this is what the church was. See, but he used that as a excuse to say, "Okay, we're splitting up the church. People are getting distraught. We're 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 causing havoc in the church, and I can't have that. So listen, we're gonna get rid of the Latin Mass because only ten percent of the parishes have it. Not to you know, not to mention that in those ten percent of parishes, they are growing like wildflower. But you know, we're not gonna go there." So my point of what I'm saying is, man, we got to understand that, you know, Vatican II, uh, giving out, uh, 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 giving out, um, what is it, annulments like candy and things like that. We get, you know, I have just come to say it is what it is. What we do is we try our best to get things back the way they should be. And the only way to do that is to battle within the church to show people sympathy and empathy because getting mad at them and yelling at them and calling them names and being disrespectful uh, and all that kind of stuff, man, that is not going to work. It's not. Why? Because Jesus Christ was not like that. And so you got to take his, kind of take his way. Jesus knows the devil has taken over the church. All of it. He knows that. He knows that the highest levels have been infiltrated, but he still would say, you've got to do it to fight that. You got to do it in a certain way. And the way you do it is one of the ways you do it is you show you as being like Christ. It's not saying you're a punk. It's saying you're strong, you're aggressive, you get things done, you take care of your house first. It's another thing with traditional Catholics. They don't take care of their house. You know, you know, they get divorces and stuff. You know, they're not taking care of their kids. That goes to show that nobody's perfect. We all have our problems. So we can't be out here. That's why it's important to have empathy for people who are not where you are in the faith. Sure, I I am in the faith deep. I love God with all my heart. He's above everything and everything, every creature and every want, every desire that I have. I, logically, it's not a feeling thing with me. It's a logical, intellectual thing with me. And what that means is I thought this through. 
when even when I don't feel like being with God, I go with him anyway, because why? Because for one thing, that it shows my intellect that I am, I don't rely on my feelings to get things done. I rely on my relationship with God through through uh through knowledge and love and commitment and loyalty. And that's what women are having today with they're trying to leave their husbands, 70% of them. They try to leave their husbands, they have forgotten what loyalty and commitment is. And in love, that's what true love is. Love is not this deep, deep feeling of love and, and emotional and poo-poo and all that stuff. No, it's not. It's love is, even when I don't feel like loving my husband, I love him anyway. And what does that mean? I get my butt to adoration. I get my butt to daily mass. I pray 10 rosaries if I got to. I make a plea to God. I fast. And I do all these things to plead, to make a plea to God to please, Lord, help me. Help my husband change his heart. Help him be the man that I need him to be for you. But women don't do that. You know what they do? They bitch and whine to everybody. Bitching and whining to nobody. They, those people can't help you. You know who can hold the people that can help you? Is your priest, if he is a good and holy man, your husband and God. That's it. <laughs> Go talk to them. That's what you do. And if they don't listen, you still keep talking. Okay? So, again, these clues are important. And um, please, I've given you right now, I've given you some things to think about. So, what I'm going to do is give you a minute or two <laughs> to contemplate on that. Bam. <laughs> If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an opportunity to work with me personally for free. Yes, within 30 days, learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior coaching for your marriage. Again, SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com. That's SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com to become the man God created you to be and the husband your wife needs. Lastly, I always get the question, why don't you help women? And I always answer them, I do. So, for all of you beloved wives out there that want to reignite that feeling of emotional closeness and complete love from your hubby, consider marriage coaching and visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an improved marriage within 30 days. It's Friday, y'all. I'm happy. Boo. This is last night's my Friday. Last night's my Friday. Uh oh, I got a comment. Uh oh, I might be in trouble. Oh, my beloved wife. She is so sweet. She sent me an emoji in the comments. You know, you got to love a woman like that. <laughs> You gotta. I'm gonna show your comment, baby. I'm gonna show your comment. <laughs> That's my woman, y'all. If y'all want to marry Kathleen, the most special woman, ain't no woman most special on this earth. She is the one. Uh, so, hey, it's Friday. Last night was Friday. It was my Friday because uh, you know the next two days because you know Sunday you got to go. To me, a lot of you know Sunday. You know Sundays. Sundays is a work day for me. 
When I say work day, I don't mean work in my business. I don't mean work like that. I mean, I got to get up at, at, at go to church. The mass is at Latin mass is at 830 in the morning. So I got to get up to be there because at our church, Holy Rosary in Indianapolis, if you ain't there by eight o'clock in the mat, dude, you ain't getting no seat. <laughs> you ain't getting no seat. That's why I was talking about earlier, dude, that the that the that that the Latin mass parishes grow real fast. I mean, since COVID, I know we got another five hundred thousand people up in there. Not in the mass, but at our parish. I'm probably got that too much, but I'm telling you. I, I see people I don't even I've never even seen before. And I've been there what eight, nine, ten years now. Uh I have friends that have been there for 20 years and they say the same thing. But let if your parish adopts the Latin mass, it will grow. It will. And it'll grow fast. You know. <laughs> so uh I hope y'all can uh, appreciate that. So what we're gonna do is we are on clue number 31. I know y'all so tired of this series, but man, and matter of fact, I'm getting a little tired of it too. But see, that's where feelings gotta feelings gotta come get out of it. You gotta do what's gonna help the people the most. And these things right here, uh if you men adopt them and listen and do your best to embrace, I'm not gonna say listen. You don't have to listen to me, because who am I? Really? I'm just a man that's doing my best to try to get you to understand and embrace what you could be as a man, how great you can be. You can resist it. Trust me. There's plenty of men out there today that they're in the dream world, like my wife likes to be. She called it, call it the twilight zone. We laugh about it all the time. Men like being in the twilight zone. People in general like being in the twilight zone, which means what? They really don't want to know stuff. They really don't want to know how to save their marriage. They really don't want to know how to, to do anything better. Because why? I kind of know most everything. And so my life experiences has taught me all this. So I don't have to worry about all that. But they really like being in the dream world. They like believing, well, I got all this money. I can do whatever I want. And nothing has any consequences. I can neglect my children and my wife. I can neglect my whatever I want. I can go out and have fun all the time. I can focus completely on my new, my old kind of my old cars my, you know, with a custom, my old custom cars, my boats, my land, my house, my job. You know, if I'm if I'm not in the job I want and I'm miserable, I can just focus on being miserable. Everybody sees I'm miserable, uh, and so it's all about me. And I can just do whatever I want. I'm in the twilight zone. That means I, I don't really care about anything outside of myself. Everything in me is me. I am basically God. I'm Jesus Christ, I'm an angel, I'm a demon, and I am what I am, and accept me for who I am or leave me alone. How many people you know like that? Almost everybody's like that. Almost everybody's like that. To different degrees, but almost everybody's like that. And I, it's sad. I used to be like that. I ain't gonna lie. I was. You know, I was I hung around people that were like that. You know? The thing about it is, God gives you a uh, God gives you moments of happiness in your life. Embrace those things. But mostly God gives you challenges, temptations, you know, to build your temperance on things, to get you to, to see the world and to see it for what it is and to, and to move your soul closer to him. So when pain starts in your life, that is God sending the Holy Spirit to say, hey, dude, I'm allowing the demons in your life so that you start to listen to what I'm trying to tell you. And then 
most either people handle that, people, men and women alike, handle that, handle that, that test in different ways. Most people ignore it. They ignore the pain. They ignore their, their misery. They ignore all that stuff. They just keep going on how they are. Some people start to listen a little bit, but and then you have that very, very top few that over time, they get it. They start to understand, okay, this life is a test. I ain't got a lot of time to be messing around. I'm 50 years old now. Um, I'm 40 years old. I'm 60 years old. I'm 70 years old, and I need to get it together. Those are the people, those are the men I'm talking to. Those are the men I'm talking to. Those are the women I'm talking to. The ones who see this life, that I got 50 years left. So 100 years is the mark. I got 50 years left. I got to get my, prepare my soul, prepare my wife's soul, prepare my child's soul so that we can get to heaven and be before God. Now that's going to take a lot of work, but I decided that I can no longer be in the twilight zone, be in the dark. And that's how it works. So, Get this over. Uh, before I tell you the 31 clues to the day, I'm going to tell you the previous 30 clues um, so that you can understand what we've been going through. Now, look, look at now, look, y'all, we up to we up to 31. So when we was on 10 and 15. I would say, you know, if you got one or two of these, two or three of these clues in your marriage, boy, you in trouble. Now we're up to 31. And of course, in many of our marriages, we we have started to see a lot of this stuff. So it's not just two or three anymore. It might be four, five, and six, or seven, or eight, or nine, or ten. Okay? So let's go over them real quick. Embrace what I'm saying. Look in the mirror and, and start on the journey of trying to fix this stuff. Okay? So the thirty, the number one reason your, your wife may want to divorce. Number one, does she seem distant lately? Is she spending more time with single friends? Does she seem uninterested in the marital embrace? Is she still as supportive as she used to be? Is she still as loving as she used to be? Number six, does she go out to clubs and events without you? Um, number seven, does she take longer to answer your texts and phone messages? Has her conversation with you become very short and to the point? Has, has the bickering increased? Has the arguing increased? Number 11, as she started putting the kids above you, which means basically the kids are more important than you and God and even your marriage. Um, man, I lost my track. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. Uh, 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 uh. it. where'd it go? Ah, there it goes. Number 12, has she started putting her friends and siblings above you? 13, have you uh, stopped going to mass and entering the spiritual battle daily? Number 14, does she seem unusually depressed or happy for, for a, a long period of time? Uh, you make love less than once per week. Number 16, you make love less than once per month. Um, has she lost weight for no apparent reason? Has she started getting her hair done more often for no apparent reason? Lately, does she dress nicer or more provocative? Number 20, are you beating her home when before she was already home? 21, she blames you for everything wrong in your marriage. Oh, and also, you can't seem to make her laugh anymore. Number 23, her phone is now hidden and locked. Number 24, she no longer cares where you've been or keeps tabs on you. 25, her hugs and kisses seem shorter with no feeling. Number 26, she is keeping secrets and being vague even when you ask her. She doesn't care you spend too much time with your friends anymore. She places her parents above you. 
Number 29, she looks at you or makes she 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 no longer looks at you or makes loving eye contact. And number 30, she increasingly needs more time alone. I need space. <laughs> Which is code for you need space so that you can get you together because I've been trying to get you together for 20 years now. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, y'all. I'll be tripping sometime, but it's the truth. It's the truth. We all know it's the truth. Women talking cold, don't they? And it's, it's, it's mind boggling. <laughs> so what is the number 31 reason that your beloved may want a divorce? Drop rope, please. You just can't listen to her without interrupting. Ooh, oh, oh, Jerry. Oh, Jerry, that hurts. Oh, Jerry, that hurts, Jerry. <laughs> Jerry, no, you didn't go there, did you, Jerry? You didn't go there with me, did you? You didn't go there, Jerry. Oh, that hurt my heart so bad. Oh, my arthritis is acting up now. <laughs> you just can't listen to your beloved wife without interrupting. Woo-hoo. The good old wife's exit strategy. We just can't seem to get away from it, can we? The nagging, the asking for a divorce, the getting a divorce, the asking for an annulment. We just can't get away from it, can we? Well, gentlemen, that's your future if you don't get together, okay? If this is not the most devastating clue to your marriage, it is very close. The nagging, the belittling, the defending yourself, and yes, the not listening. Because what you have to say is 10 times more important than anything the most important person in your life has to say, right? She has to know that. She has to know that what I have to say is way more important. It's way more logical. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really is. As I've said many times in this Clueless Marriage series, the first sign that you have serious marriage problems is nagging. And this just happens to be the first phase of the wife's exit strategy. Gentlemen, I have given you your future. If you take it, it's a blessing that I'm telling you that nagging is a sign that you got marriage problems. It's the first sign. Please. That is a blessing that God has given you. <laughs> Use it. Okay. Start to take action. All right. Next. Why? Why is this the first phase, nagging? Because at this stage, your wife still loves you deeply, but feels you don't love or cherish her, which to her means she is not number one in your life. So she nags to get affirmation of your love for you, of, her, of your love for her. I'm sorry. She nags you to get affirmation of your love for her. But of course, us being men, Jerry included, we don't listen. We don't. And eventually, your wife will digress into avoidance. And you don't want avoidance, gentlemen. That is a hell of a marriage. That is hell. Avoidance is hell. What does avoidance mean? Well, it means you, you know, in her mind, now this is your wife's mind. This is what she's thinking. So which means what? I tell gentlemen all the time, it doesn't matter what you think, brother. I know you love your wife. That's why you're sitting here before me. That's why you listen to this, this podcast. I know you love your wife. Hell, 
you love your wife. You know you love her too. But it don't matter what I think, and it don't matter what you think. It matters what she thinks. And she thinks you don't care what she thinks. <laughs> she thinks you don't care that she has your best interest at heart and only wants to nurture, respect, and love you. And she gets very tired of trying to reach you. So she shuts down. She stops talking to you. She stops wanting to make love to you. She stops wanting to do things with you. She is on her way out. This gentleman is avoidance. And so she has stopped so instead of confronting you and trying to talk to you anymore, she has decided that instead of an argument, it will just remain quiet, that she will just remain quiet and dormant. This is why if your wife has become dormant and non-interactive, you guys don't talk much anymore, dude, you're, she's on her way out. You, you've got to open up and see. You've got to get that love back. You've got to get back on your game, okay? Really. I won't even mention any more problems because if I do, he will fight with me and I'm too emotionally exhausted to fight anymore. That's classic avoidance that she stops confronting you and talking about problems and trying to think things better because in her mind, now in her mind, you don't care anyway and you ain't listening and you're not going to, you don't care what she says anyway. So in her mind, I just, instead of having this big old argument for the 1000th time, I'm just going to be quiet and just say and just deal with it and try to figure out how to get out of it or try to make things better on my own. But eventually what happens is she even stops doing that and just focuses on packing her stuff in a year or two when the kids get graduate from high school, uh, when the kids get older, then I'll just, you know, leave or ask him to leave and we'll just end this marriage amicably. Um, this is why not listening is the thing that will kill your marriage really fast. It really will. Um, avoidance is just as bad or worse than arguing, fighting, debating, or bickering. But for her, it helps her fight the pain. And she starts to bury her feelings for you as well. This protects her emotionally and psychologically, which is why if this goes on for years, it makes her extremely hard to cause those feelings to gain again, rise in her. So when your wife, when you guys are in marriage crisis, you, most men get upset because she's not showing no emotion. She don't want me to touch her. She won't let me kiss her. She won't, she won't have sex with me. She won't talk to me. Well, she's doing that because she's trying to, she's buried her feelings for you. She still cares for you, but not for the man that you've become. And she can't take it no more. So this is kind of this is why it's hard once you come to me and we start working on things. First thing you got to realize is those feelings are buried deep. So you've got to bring those feelings back up to the surface. Okay? And that takes work. But if you're a warrior, you'll do it. If you don't, you're not, then you won't. And then your marriage will get worse. Your relationship will get worse, your family will get worse. Because remember, your wife is the heart of your home, whether you want to uh, whether you want to uh, uh, agree with me or not. So, you see, before avoidance happens, most husbands don't hear her pleas for assurance, closeness, oneness with her beloved. All we men hear is noise, which, of course, is a rookie mistake. There's that all. When I say it's a rookie mistake, dude, that means that people that don't know better, men don't know better, make this mistake. Men that do know better, the veterans, 
they know that th- what I'm saying is, is, you know, it's a rookie mistake if you make this mistake, okay? Which means don't do it. <laughs> so, gentlemen, husband, Christian soldiers, hear me. When your wife's mouth is moving, I'm going to say this again to prep you. Gentlemen, husbands, Christian soldiers, hear me. When your wife's mouth is moving, your mouth is closed. This will serve you well. It will serve you well. Matter of fact, it'll improve your marriage in two weeks. You close it and not only listen, but you listen attentively, actively, unless you have a clarifying question. So when your wife is talking about her day or that you did this, so why don't you do that? You listen, and the only time that you interrupt her is if she says something and you don't quite understand or you didn't hear her. And you say, excuse me, sweetheart, I didn't hear you properly. What did you say? And then she won't be mad. She'll just go, oh, this is what I said, and then she'll keep going on, and then you again take a paper clip and put it over a mouth clamp, and you put it over your lips, <laughs> and you hold that clamp there, and you got to take your fingers and put them there until she's done, okay? Another thing you never do, you don't do these things while your wife is talking. You never defend yourself. You never look away. You never defend yourself uh, ever, ever, ever. You don't interrupt her. You don't attack back. You don't point out her flaws. You never call her names and you never raise your voice. Why? Because you will hurt her deeply. Men don't understand that when we talk to our wife like she is a buddy at work or a co-worker or an employee or somebody at the grocery store, Women don't respond to that. It hurts them deeply when we, when we, even if we're disappointed in them, even if we, we, we raise our voice and we start yelling at them and, and being derogatory with them. What we see is anger. What's truly happening in your wife is hurt. And if you knew, if most men knew that, they would not talk to their wife like that. Because, and then you get mad when she starts crying. You know, dude, empathy, empathy. You have to start to see. You and your wife are bonded through marriage, before God, through the marital embrace, and having children. That is a deep, deep bond, a deep, deep connection. And so when you, even if you're, even if you, your wife feels that you're disappointed in her, that you're unhappy with something she did, if she still loves you, she'll try to fix it as quick as possible because she doesn't want to hurt you. She doesn't want you to leave. Again, the power of the man, the power of a Christian soldier, baby. That's just what I'm trying to tell you. Okay. Now, you do, these are things you do do. Now, I list the things you don't do. These are things you do do. You do sit there empathetically and listen with your body language, your eyes looking directly and effectually into hers. And when she is done, you take responsibility for anything that you did do wrong. And look her square in the eye and risk her and ask her sincerely, sweetheart, what can I do to make this better? And then you get off your butt, take action on whatever she says that can make it better. And most of all, you don't bitch or whine about it like a wuss. And you do it with great enthusiasm. That is uh, 
that is, you do it with great enthusiasm, that is, that's it. That is it. What I just said, that is it. So do you get it? Got it? Good. This alone will change your marriage in two weeks. You see, in Scripture, your wife is not called to love you. She is called to respect you. In Scripture, you're called to love your wife as Christ loved the church, which means what, my friend? <laughs> he died for her. Can you, as a man, do no less? Bam. If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an opportunity to work with me personally for free. Yes, within 30 days, learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior coaching for your marriage. Again, SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com. That's SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com to become the man God created you to be and the husband your wife needs. Lastly, I always get the question, why don't you help women? And I always answer them, I do. So for all of you beloved wives out there that want to reignite that feeling of emotional closeness and complete love from your hubby, consider marriage coaching and visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an improved marriage within 30 days. All right, all right. So we are done for today. Uh, and as we always do, we conclude with a quote from Pope Benedict XVI, which states, society offers you comfort, but you weren't made for comfort. You were made for greatness. So go forth, Christian soldier. The spiritual fight is up on you. Fast. Pray and prepare for battle. Thank you for listening in today. If what you heard helped you in any way and you would like more personal attention, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior marriage coaching. And remember to join the Catholic Alpha Radical Live podcast as a caller or listener every Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern. To join as a caller, dial area code 313 Radical. To join as a listener or view the live stream, visit the Catholic Alpha Radical Live Facebook page or visit CatholicAlpha.com for Catholic marriage help that actually works. Bang.